Hello and welcome back to the Unboxable Unstoppable podcast. I have with me today a very exciting guest who, as usual, I haven't met before. So it's always wonderful to talk to people I've not met before on the podcast. And this is Dr. Shamika Dean. And Dr. Shamika, please tell me, where are you in the world? I am actually in Clarksville, Tennessee. Oh, nice. Okay, yes. that's funny. Tennessee's been coming up a bit for me lately. One of my dear <laughs> friends just married a pastor, actually oh, wow. a black pastor who lives in Tennessee. She's Australian and she mm-hmm. uh, is an actor and was living in LA. And so I've, it keeps coming up for me. That's so funny. Have you always lived in Tennessee? No, I'm actually from Arkansas. So Tennessee is where uh, we relocated to because my husband is ex-military and um, the military base is in Kentucky, which is across the street. So from Tennessee. So we just decided to stay here after he um, he got out of the military. Oh, great. And tell me, Shimmy, have you been married for a long time? Yes. Uh, 16 years. We celebrated 16 wow. years, September uh, 7th. My husband and I have an interesting story because we actually divorced after seven years and then remarried. What? That's amazing. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> A lot. Um, <laughs> but really just, you know, when we married, we were both young. We didn't know anything about marriage. Um, and I always tell, you know, women that the the greatest lesson I learned through that during that process was to know who you are before you try to become anything to anyone else. And that was the greatest lesson I learned and really learning how to love myself first so that I didn't expect my husband to do things like make me happy or fulfill me or any of those things, but finding that joy and that love within so that we will be assets to one another and we could grow and evolve together versus us needing, you know, one another in a way that was actually unfair, you know, to the other person to expect for them to do something that you should be able to do on your own. So. Oh, I'm so with you there. So I have an interesting history with love as well. And I didn't meet my husband till I was 38 and I had a child already. And when I met him, we had both just before we met really become very accepting of our lives and accepting of ourselves. And we were really happy in ourselves and in our lives. And then when we met, it's a very similar thing. We were able to come together without expecting those kinds of things from each other. And it does make for a very different relationship. I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's powerful actually. And um, Mm -hmm. that ability to say, well, you're not responsible for my happiness. You can still make me happy. There's nothing wrong with that. But (laughs) but, uh, it's a bonus. You know, it's just the icing on the cake. It's not like I'm desperately needing you to fill a hole, you know. And uh, it's different, isn't it? Very different. Absolutely. Oh, amazing. So what kind of doctor are you? I see the doctor there in your title, but I don't know what it means. Tell me what it means. Yes. um, My degree is actually in psychology. So Christian leadership and psychology. Amazing. Oh, so you might know my friend's new husband then, quite possibly. He's a podcaster. I'll, I'll talk about him. I think his name's Jonathan Pitts. Um, apparently a very cool guy. He's in the Christian space as well. So, okay. um, yeah, I'll send you his details. It's, it's obviously going to be a good connection for you. But um, it's a really interesting thing 
hearing that because I've done some psychology training myself. And what made you study psychology? Um, I've always been fascinated with the mind and how people think and why they do what they do, how they respond, how they react. So I've always been fascinated with it because, first of all, like as a Christian, I always understand while others may just look at the react reactions, I'm always understanding like the spirit behind it and the trauma that someone has experienced and why they're making the choices that they make because people don't come into the world as you know, quote unquote, bad people. Um, There are situations that have happened in their lives. And because of that, there is a reason behind every reaction. And so I've just always been fascinated with that and wanting to know, um, not being so quick to just throw people away or um, just specific, you know, just say that, oh, they're a bad person, but really wanting to understand what led them to do what they did to begin with. So that started my journey. It's the hurt people, hurt people sort of thing. Yeah, I really agree with that. Um, Having been someone who's experienced trauma in my life as well in a couple Mm -hmm. of different ways, and it it definitely opens you up um, for me. It's opened me up to the understanding that the way that I behaved, which was Mm -hmm. certainly unacceptable at times, was not a reflection of anything other than me being completely unable to behave any other way. You know, right. It, it's we really, do what we do until we know how to do things differently. Right. And oftentimes a lot of the behaviors that we display are a direct reflection of the lack of education, the lack of knowledge, the lack of wisdom, the lack of understanding. And we just do what we do until we are taught to do something differently. until we're exposed to something different. Um, you know, the same thing with myself. There were a lot of choices I made as an adolescent, even as a young adult, that had I known then what I know now, as my mom would always say, <laughs> yeah. you know, as my mom would always say to us, um, had I known then what I know now, I would have made different choices. And so yeah. I always just kind of look at, you know, people and the decisions they make. I just approach it in that manner. Yeah. And from the, the spiritual perspective too, there's that healing aspect, right? So there's the, there's the, what the mind needs to learn. And then there's what the heart and the soul needs to learn from that experience to move forward. You know, that's for me massive. In fact, I'm going to tell a quick story. I got triggered this week and I'm generally not very triggery so much anymore, Mm -hmm. you know, but uh, I got, I got, I'm, I'm a martial artist and I'm training towards a black belt. I instruct women and uh, I was sparring and I got hurt during a sparring session, which can happen. You know, we're fighters. We have to, we have to fight. It's not my favorite part of the martial arts, but it's an important part of the martial arts. And, um, and I copped a kick, you know, and it brought back unexpectedly brought back wow. thoughts of violence in my life in the past. And it really knocked me sideways because I'm not used to that anymore. I don't have that happen wow. very often. And it was fascinating. And so I called in, I called in the troops. I called a couple of really senior martial arts women in my network and I talked to them and the gold that they gave me, I cannot tell you, you know, so much of these moments is if you have support, like I mm-hmm. offer support now in my membership for a lot of different things, not so much trauma. I would probably refer that to specialists, but but definitely support makes a key difference, like community support, knowing you're safe, knowing you have, an, you know, the way you can talk about things, talk through things in a safe and wholesome way. I mean, it's so powerful, you know. And, Absolutely. Um, like women coming together like this and talking, I just find it incredibly powerful. Yes, there's power in numbers for sure. Definitely mm. power in 
Yes. Mm. So tell me, what work do you do now? Uh, I am actually a marketing solutionist. Um, so I help service-based entrepreneurs fill those gaps in their marketing, you know, their marketing problems. Um, the goal of uh, what I do for my clients is really to help them to expand their expertise. And I teach them what I call market like a mogul um, so that, you know, they can build the marketing and automation plans to automate 90 percent of their sales so that they only have to work 10 percent of the time. Nice. Um, Yes, beautiful. Um, it's, it's, it's an amazing, you know, path that I'm on because I'm able to give mothers back their time with their children. I'm able to give husband and wives, you know, back their time. I'm able to give that, that woman just her life back because as women, we often spend so much time doing all of those things, all the things that then when you get into business, um, that's a whole uh, other level of busyness, right? Yeah. And so um, most of the women that come to me, they are moms, they are wives, they are in ministry, but they've also been called to build an amazing business because they have a legacy that they want to leave for their family. Right. However, getting into it and not really knowing how to build your business around your life instead of building your life around your business. Yeah. So they don't know how to do that. And so that's and where it can I then take you away from the family and away Absolutely. from the thing that you actually want to serve. Right. Yes. And then you get, you can get to a place also of burnout and frustration because although you have a passion for it, when you don't really have the time to do the, be with the people that you love, it can really begin to, what you love to do can become a burden and you mm. get to that place of burnout. And so and what, um, yeah, just, 100%. Yeah. So just knowing that, um, it just really pushed me um, to make sure that I was creating something that was going to give those women that time back without having to sacrifice the business that they really do love because they want to do it, but they needed to be able to build it in a way that it doesn't make them sacrifice themselves or the ones that they love in the process. One of my mentors, Tracy Harris, says it's not about the money, it's about what the money makes possible. Absolutely. Um, it's a really good quote about that, and I totally agree. And it's something I have to keep in front of mind. This week, for example, I'm launching the academy that I'm building for the first time really properly out in the world, you know. Mm -hmm. I did a mini launch last year, but this is the first proper big one. And I've been stepping into and really up-leveling, you know, like really going, okay, so I have to automate, I have to think bigger, I actually just brought mm -hmm. on board today a bit of a marketing team, you know, like for next year, really exciting time. But part of that, so, and I'd love to hear your take on this, is actually psychological and spiritual oh, yes. as well in mm -hmm. the sense of, you know, putting on your big girl pants and stepping up mm -hmm. and a couple of steps up that mountain and, and of mm -hmm. course, the further up the mountain you go, oh, sorry, my, my Mac just said it's going to sleep. Oh, there we go. It's plugged in. That's good. Just ignore that, podcast listeners. Um, so <laughs> this, is the real, this is the real deal here. We're doing it real. So and part of that, as you go up the mountain, is you become more visible, right? When mm -hmm. you stand up on the mountain and you start using your voice and you start telling your story and you start sharing what you have to offer in service, you know, I'm a big one for service. And I know mm -hmm. that's big when you have faith as well. And and I think there's a part of that that's like, I mean, I don't want to say this out loud, but it's true. It can be terrifying, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. deep down, there's a part of me as a woman, as a good girl, as mm -hmm. a, you know, person coming from culture. I have my own cultural background that kind of has certain 
I guess, predispositions, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, don't be too loud. Don't take up too much space. Oh, don't, yes. you know, don't talk about yourself too much. And this week, like mm-hmm. all I've done is talk about myself and my business. And there's this part of me going, Oh my God, what are you doing? <laughs> this is so full on, you know? So I'd love to hear your take on stepping into that more visible space and, and what we can do as women, as entrepreneurs, as small business owners, as whatever we do, when we start to, to take that on, how do we get through that feeling, that mindset? How do we shift that and kind of, it's not like it ever is going to go away. Maybe it doesn't necessarily go away, you know, completely, but how do we treat it differently or respond to it differently? Um, my biggest thing is one of the quotes that I wrote. Um, first, I would like to say when it comes to marketing, how I'm different in the industry is because I teach marketing from a mental health aspect. So although I teach you strategies and all of the tips and tools and all the automation things that you can put into place, I understand that um, mental health and your mindset is really the foundation and the cornerstone of how successful you're going to be, uh, how long you'll have that success and all of those things. So I teach marketing from a mental aspect, a mental health aspect. And so one of the things that I teach when my clients come in is that belief systems become birthing systems. Right. Yeah. So when you begin to believe that um, you don't deserve to be in the spotlight, you don't deserve to be out front, that what you're saying is invaluable. You have to really evaluate those belief systems to to really identify if that is really your belief system or if that was a belief system that was adopted from someone else's fears. Or this is so true because we take stuff on and we internalize it. And then actually mm-hmm. those people could be long gone. Like the person yes. that gave you, that planted that seed, that could mm-hmm. have been someone when you were, you know, three years old and, and they could Absolutely. be well long and it could be a really outdated concept. And yet we mm-hmm. do, we do tend to take those things on deeply and then it's ourselves holding back ourselves, isn't it? Absolutely. Because yeah. whatever you believe, becomes your truth, whether it is the truth or not, when you believe it, it becomes your truth. So if you believe that your only place is in the kitchen or your only value is found in your ability to birth children, whatever you believe becomes true for you until you garner new information, which is about renewing of the mind. When you renew your mind and you are, you know, your mind is now imparted with new truth right? New information, then you can change your belief system. So first things first is you have to make sure that the belief system that you are living by is true, right? Um, Oftentimes, 90% of it is is a lie that someone told us based on their fears or failures. Uh, And then you have to be willing to adapt or, you know, get new information in. And then also surround yourself with people who have the belief system that aligns with where you want to go. And so those are the the key things that um, are very important, vitally important when it comes to shifting from that space into where you truly desire to be. And actually, I think it's two episodes ago on the podcast, Mm -hmm. I spoke to exactly that about friendships and about people and and how when you start to up-level, some people, you know, will get ruffled feathers on that like Mm -hmm. you might trigger their process and their fears and then you know and have compassion but also don't get too close to that like if you if you need to to have a bit of distance doesn't mean you love them any less you know but but you do Mm -hmm. what you do you and you do what you need to do and I think it's beautiful what you're saying as well in terms of just touching on the importance of us recognizing that some of these beliefs that we carry 
we may are not, not ours. Conscious. We may not be aware. And even people have good intentions at times, even our parents and trusted voices in our lives, right? They have good intentions because their job is to protect us. They don't want us to hurt. But one thing that I've learned about pain is that pain is so powerful. It really just depends on what you do with it, right? Mm -hmm. So pain, when you experience pain, you can operate, you can use that pain as a place of a pity, or you can use it as a, a platform of power. So it really truly depends on how you want to look at it. And so, you know, again, they're just trying to protect you when the reality is there is something that you need to go through so that you can grow through. It's really so true. So, when I, you know, I went on sparring the other day and I got really scared and I got hit. And then I spoke to these amazing women who are senior to me in the martial arts and have been through this, you know, and and one of them said, fear is just an energy. You can use it. Yeah. It's about yeah. using it the way you wish to. How you use you know. it. And I've always sort of said I make friends. It's good to make friends with your fear and bring it with you. Like you don't want to reject fear. Fear is there for a reason. It's <laughs> useful. But I didn't take it that one step further that it's an energy. It's a form of energy. You can use it as a power source, you know. And mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is really, truly how we do it. I say that there's a quote that I uh, always talk about how perspective is power. And so it's all about how you view a thing, the perspective and, and how you view it. And that determines how you're going to move forward based on how you're looking at it. And the thing is, you have the choice. That's the greatest power that I believe God has ever given us is the power of choice that we cho we truly get to choose yeah. how we're going to respond, how we're going to move, and all of those things. It's the power of choice. 100%. And I do. I mean, I also want to normalize in saying that, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I've done it myself many times, but I also want to normalize that there, there may be a process there. You may mm -hmm. not be able to go straight from a traumatic experience or something that's happened right. that's difficult to choice. There's a process, mm -hmm. right? You may yes. need to feel all of your feels and, you know, experience all of your pain, before you can move through that, there there is an mm -hmm. pain still needs to be experienced. You can't necessarily yeah. snap your fingers and it goes away, you know, but there, but there mm -hmm. is a transmutation process that can occur there where over mm -hmm. time if you seek healing and support and the right support and the right people and love and compassion and, you know, you can heal yourself through that and then it mm -hmm. changes, you know. Right, because the choice the choice is really the decision and you're deciding at that moment, even in the midst of pain, you're deciding that you're not going to stay here. You're yeah. deciding that I'm going to do what's necessary right. to get where I need to go. And right. so that's what the choice is really about. It's really about the decision to yes. not stay where you are and get where you need to be. And there is a, a process in between, but it all yes. starts with the decision, which yes. is that choice. Absolutely. Yes, and the crucial part of that decision, I talk about this too, is willingness. Are you willing yes. to do whatever it takes? You know, they, they mm -hmm. go hand in hand, right? So They do. So it's that, uh, you know, are you willing to do whatever it takes? And if so, is that your choice? Is that your decision? And then and then there's there's sort of something that gets set in motion from there, mm -hmm. isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so now you can get the directions that you need. Now you can go and get, you know, the support that you need, all those things. But if you don't decide to do differently, if you don't choose to get out of this place, then you stay there. So, yeah, you definitely have to just simply you make the choice and then the instructions come next. And do you feel it's the same with that visibility that we were talking about before? Do you feel it's the same or is there a nuance there 
the women who feel, particularly women who feel like they can't inhabit that bigger space, like they're somehow, I don't know, not allowed to or that it just doesn't feel right to them. What would you say is going on there? Well, again, I think it comes back to the belief systems and what they're constantly surrounding themselves with as well, you know, um, also what they're, what, because to become visible, you have to have a vision, right? So you have the vision of where you want to go, who you're called to be, right? What is your life going to look like when you fully step into that space and own that space and understand that it's possible, it's truly possible for you because just as, you know, myself, according to statistics and a lot of the choices that I made, I'm not supposed to be where I am in Same. life, in business, in love or any of those things. Yeah. But because there, because I had a vision for my life, yes. right, then that vision, a part of that process was me figuring out or, you know, identifying what do I need to do so that I can get to that place. But keeping that vision at the forefront and giving your permit, giving yourself permission to succeed just as much as you give yourself permission to fail. Yes. Because you literally have the power to do so. It's literally just, it's a, I, I don't, I can't, um, stress this enough about how it really is a choice. Yeah, yeah, I get it that. Really totally agree. And the, and I talk about this very similar things um with my ladies in my membership. There is a big focus on vision and possibility. And I talk mm-hmm. about it uh, I say the language, you know, we all have our own language, right? So mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. language is finding your pathway to purpose. So it's like mm-hmm. how do you find that pathway if you just you feel stuck, you can't work out why something's mm-hmm. going back and I do a similar thing I'm like so why do you want to find it let's talk mm-hmm. about why you want to find it and what does it look like and and what is mm-hmm. it you are thinking about finding what do you dream of you know and mm-hmm. the final stage of my membership stages is called dream weaver because I, I really believe that we we weave our dreams with our choices every day you know yes consciously or unconsciously so we might mm-hmm. as well consciously but um I really love what you're saying. It's something I really need to take notes when you're talking because I'm thinking of all these, all these little lights lighting up while you're speaking. It's awesome. And on, I guess I'm curious, like on an on an inner level for you personally, mm-hmm. when did it when did it become clear to you that like your life wasn't reflecting your bigger vision? You know, have you always had that bigger vision? Is it something that came to you? How did that work? Um I have always been one who had big dreams from an adolescent, from a child. And this is why when I taught on purpose, because I used to have a, um, I started out purpose coaching, well, relationship coaching, and then I ventured into purpose coaching. And with purpose coaching, one of the things that I have always told um, the, the people that, you know, I teach is that your purpose is not lost. It's just covered. And so I say that you have to, so the path is about uncovering your purpose. So what has covered your purpose? Things that have covered our purpose are people, people who have tried to get us to go on the path that's comfortable for them. And that could be our parents, right? Um, Pain of our past, those things that have kind of crippled us or paralyzed us and said that, no, don't do that because it's going to be painful, right? So those things 
really truly play an intricate part in smothering and covering up our authentic purpose. As children, we already have an indication of who we are when we come into the world because that's how God created us. Mm. We were predestined for a purpose. So that means that who we are, our makeup, the gifts, the skills, the talents, and all of the things that we have we're all, are already aligned to what we're assigned to do in the earth. What happens is we know who we are until the world tells us who we're not. And they tell us who we cannot become. And they tell us who we shouldn't be because of their own rejection, their own fears, their own failures, their own pain. There comes this thing that says, let me tell you not to do all of the things that I did because I don't want you to experience the pain that I've experienced. It's collective trauma. It's collective. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So, so I did know early on that I was supposed to be a voice to people. I've always had a passion to see women, you know, healed, even from a little girl. I was the cousin. I was the oldest sister. I was the friend that every time one of my friends hurt or my siblings were hurt or my cousins were, I was the one that everyone came to for. (laughs) Me too. Right? Yeah, me too. So that purpose was already there all along. But when I was growing up, doing what we do now was not a thing. No, it was not. <laughs> you know, it was not an option. There yeah. was no opportunity. So the the path that I was originally was su- supposed to go on was re- was derailed because my mom couldn't see yeah. what I was purposed to do. The teachers couldn't see because there was not a path that they understood, but God always had the plan. And so yeah. he just um, allowed things to be rerouted you know, yeah. so that I would still get where I needed to be. It's amazing, isn't it? And I, I often, yeah. I mean, my path to to here from birth to here has been really bizarre in a lot of ways and there's been a lot of ups and downs, but I wouldn't change a thing now because I think no, each step of that struggle for whatever reason was a step I needed, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, absolutely. that's still going on, you know, there's still challenge and, and those challenges I, I accept with as much grace as possible because I feel like, they're there to show me something else I need, just like getting kicked and sparring the other day, you know. It was like there was something in there that I needed, you know. Mm -hmm. It's so true, isn't it? It's not always easy to remember in the moment when because you know Mm -hmm. we seek we seek pleasure, not pain, right? So absolutely. So it's hard to swallow sometimes. But but uh yeah, I really resonate with what you're saying. It's very interesting. And so for women, I would say What's your favorite kind of tweak? If you find a woman who you can see she's talented, skilled, but she maybe has lost that sense of belief, you know, uh, needs to rediscover and, and as you say, uncover their purpose. Mm-hmm. What's the number one best tweak that you, you give them, best tip that you give them to start with? I always ask every woman that I am called to coach, I always ask them the question, who are you? Who are you? Just a small question. And- yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> and so um, I asked the question because most of the times their response, initial response is to give me all of the accolades, all of the titles, all of the things that they can do, but not who they are in essence. Yeah. And so that's one of the first steps that I actually take them through is to identify who you are, because who you are is enough. Who you are is amazing. Who you are is great. Who you are is who the world needs. Yeah. Not necessarily what you can do for them, but just simply who you are. And so I take them on that journey and I ask them the question, who would you be 
if the world wouldn't judge you? Fantastic. What would you do if the world wouldn't judge you? Yeah. What would you wear? Where would you go? How would you wear your hair? And you can see their faces light up when they begin to say, oh, I would wear my hair like this or I would wear this. And I'll say, do that. Yes. Be that. Yeah. Because that is what the world needs. That's who you are. And, you know, I would highly encourage any listeners, anyone listening to this who wants to do that exercise and put it into the Facebook group, either, either Dr. Shamika's group or mine, Soul Mama Hub, and we would love to read your answers. Like I'm sure you yeah. would love to read answers. Yes, to absolutely. Because those are the things that light us up as people who do uh -huh. what we do. We love to see yes. people step into their authentic selves. And I talk uh -huh. about women being their whole self as well, you know, that sometimes we put parts of ourselves away and it's really uh -huh. important to understand that it's, it's a different experience of life when we bring uh -huh. all of ourselves in. It's very different. And, um, Absolutely. And it, and it changes things in ways that you can't possibly understand until you do it as well. And Absolutely. This, it might feel risky. It might feel like a leap. It might feel like something that is outside your comfort zone, but that's okay. Again, yeah, it's okay. We, we all go through that. That's okay. Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. oh, Absolutely. I love talking to you. I'm kind of conscious that it's late over there and we have been talking for some time already. <laughs> but um, is there anything else <laughs> we wanted to add to our conversation before we wrap it up? I just want to encourage, you know, the, the woman, the mom, the mother, um, all of the things, all of the titles that you wear, that just who you are is all that we need you to be, that we love the essence of who you are. Um, flaws and all, you are still a masterpiece. In our eyes, you are still a masterpiece in God's eyes. And you are loved just for who you are. Um, and you were created on purpose, for purpose, with a purpose, and we need you. So that is what I would like to leave with them today. 100% beautiful from the heart. Thank and you. Sending out a lot of love to you, Dr. Shamika, Thank and you. also all of our gorgeous listeners who I know will get so much from this conversation. I really appreciate you coming here, and I just appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I appreciate you for this opportunity as well. Thank you Anytime. so much. And I'll, I'll put some contacts in the notes for everybody to find you and go gently, feel deeply, go well. I'll talk to you all soon. Thank you.